afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday. Rob Port here with you. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. We, uh, later in the program, are going to be talking with a Democratic state lawmaker, Tracy Bowe, about uh, this governor's mansion thing. You know, they, the legislature appropriated some money. And this has been an ongoing debate for a few budget cycles now. Um, the legislature finally approved building a new governor's residence, which, frankly, I, I think was needed. Uh, the old one was had a lot of issues in terms of it needed a lot of work and a lot of upgrades. I think building the new residence makes sense. Uh, but the legislature did it in a way where part of the funding is coming from private donations. And I, I guess the governor thinking that the private donations aren't going so well, according to an Associated Press report, he's asked his friend to help with fundraising. So that's kind of interesting. Anyway, we'll talk with Representative Bo, who didn't like the idea of the, the residents to begin with, who didn't like the idea of fundraising for it privately. We'll talk with him about that coming up at one thirty. Until then, open phones, whatever you want to talk about, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Nateel, you ready for your weekend? Oh, I am so ready. I am so checked out. I'm so sorry, Rob. You're so checked out. Oh, I just, I want to, it's so nice out right now. I just yeah. want to be done. I want to go home and play more with my Switch. Everybody's like that. I, 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 I think you could, you could tell that we're into like the summer funk in terms of the, uh, the terms of the news cycle, because we're starting to get a lot of these stories about like, Hey, it's, it's super hot in California today. You guys. Right, like it's it's a lot of stories about how hot it is, and it's like, well, yeah, how it's, hot is it? It's July. <laughs> I I know, I know, and you know, it. We were we were talking about this a little bit. This is, a, I guess, sort of inside baseball, but we we have prep services for um, like the morning show and things like that that give us ideas of what you know big stories have been happening nationwide, and sometimes just some like oddball stories. But even those have been really light this week. Yeah, there's nothing going on. <laughs> That's it's like it's feel- like tr- it's like Trump and gifts, and you know people are being the G20s in Hamburg, and I guess a bunch of left wing people are beating people up or something outside of that. And Trump met with Putin. I, I you know I mean that's great. I mean that's that's news, and that's but that's like know. the only news that there right. is. Right. That and it's it's super hot in California, in Southern California. And Natil Falk really loves her, her Nintendo Switch and playing Puyo Puyo Tetris. What uh, what what is that? Uh, it's it's basically well, Puyo Puyo is another uh, sort of like Tetris type game that's really popular in Japan, and this particular oh. game sort of smashes them together. Huh. So you there's Tetris, there's Puyo Puyo, and then there's the hybridization of the two, all available on this game. And I've been playing it obsessively for like three straight days. I'm getting really good at Tetris. Well, that's that's super natural. <laughs> Hey, you know, there, I'm pretty sure that Tetris is still one of those things that if if I really, really wanted to, I could make a little bit of money on. Yeah. I, I don't I think suppose. I'm that good. I'm not that good. Do they have, like, professional Tetris leagues? I don't know if there's, like, a whole league for it. It's not like playing League of Legends or something like that, where if I get onto a really good team, I could make millions of dollars. God. Right. Pro gamers make a lot of money if they're really good at what they do. It seems to me like like the whole thing with the professional gaming is you've got to have an audience for it, right? That's how you monetize it, is you get people to watch, right? Yeah, and so it's... Well, who's going to watch anybody play Tetris? Well, it really depends. There's a huge audience for speedruns of games. So you get, like, people that will speedrun the old Mario games. 
and the competition is intense. Like the the precision it takes to get to shave off just another hundredth of a second is a huge draw for people. It, you, don't, you don't care. You don't care just, at all. It's just amazing to me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not one to judge where how other people entertain themselves, but I don't know. Maybe not what I would choose. Hey, this caught my eye. This was kind of funny. Uh, first of all, South Park's 21st season is set to premiere in August. 21 years. They're becoming South the Park's next Simpsons. Around. 21 years. I'm going to need a... I'm going to... After the show, I'm going to go buy a walker because apparently I'm... <laughs> You're officially a thousand old. years old. Uh, I thought this was kind of funny because obviously we have the whole Trump and CNN thing. And Trey Parker, who is the co-creator of South Park... Uh, he said that the next season of the Not for Children cartoon is going to be scaling back on political humor. Uh, Parker, who voices, who also voices, and by the way, this is from uh, thehill.com. Parker, who also voices several characters in the long-running satire, thought showrunners were fa- were falling into the same trap as Saturday Night Live. He tells the Los Angeles Times in an interview published Thursday, he didn't want the show to show up to turn into CNN where viewers can just, quote, tune in to see what we're going to say about President Trump. Uh, He says, we could probably put up billboards. Look at what we're going to do to Trump next week and get crazy ratings. But I just don't care, said Parker, who created the show with longtime collaborator uh, Matt Stone. Um, He he also said, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Parker added that he doesn't think Trump is trying to be funny, uh, but that he uses comedic art to make headlines and get attention that won him the election. Uh, this is from Parker now. Uh, the things that we do, being outrageous and talk, uh, taking things to the extreme to get a reaction out of people, he's using those tools. At, at his rallies, he gets people laughing and whooping, he said. I, I think it's kind of interesting that South Park says, you know what, we don't, we don't want to lower ourselves to be like CNN. And you have to realize that this is the group, this is the, the show that instigated uh, Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. Right. And they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to put themselves in the same category as CNN. That's harsh. <laughs> I thought so when I read it. I was like, "Wow." I I think he's got a point, though. I, I think we're gonna reach a point where all this sturm and drang about Donald Trump. You notice how I use that term? Trump's in Germany today. See what I did there? That's why I make the big bucks. Um, all this stuff about Trump is, is people are just gonna get sick of it. They're just gonna get tired of it. And it's going to lose its effectiveness. And I think it already is, right? I mean, just the constant drumbeat against Trump. They're going to keep it up, and it's going to backfire, and, and Trump's going to laugh all the way to the bank. That's what's going to happen with this. Because uh, it's just it's so overboard. I mean, it's CNN has become a caricature of itself, right? I mean, they started out, they're taking this very bold stand against Donald Trump, and they've become caricatures. It's not working. Let's take a break. 701 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. 
So yesterday, Senator Heidi Heitkamp had a rally, uh, healthcare rally, with the AFL-CIO and that uh, that indivisible group. Which remember when that indivisible group was trying to tell us that they weren't like a pro-liberal? They were like, they were out there claiming they're bipartisan or whatever. And what, give me a break. They're out there hosting rallies, you know, that are headlined by uh, Heidi Heitkamp. Give me a break. Anyway, Senator Heitkamp calling uh, the Republican health care plan, quote, immoral yesterday. And it just it just floors me. You know, my 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 print column last Sunday was about. Was about this, you know, this talking point about how the, the Republican health care plan is going to kill people. Right. Like, oh, it's it's. You know, Republicans are literally going to kill people, right? I mean, Senator Warren saying it on the floor of the Senate. You had people outside of Senator Hovind's office in Fargo last week waving signs saying, you know, Republicans are trying to kill people for money, all this stuff. And I I guess Senator Heitkamp isn't quite going that far uh, because if she went that far, you know, it's going to negatively impact her ability to get reelected in this state. But even calling it immoral, I, I mean, it just floors me. I mean, what? What people are okay with saying in 2017 American politics, like just throwing around a term like, well, that health care plan is immoral. She can't just say, well, I think Republicans got it wrong. I think it's bad policy. I don't think it's going to help people. I think it's going to make it worse. I mean, those are valid criticisms. That's fine. I don't expect Senator Heitkamp, a Democrat who, let's face it, has to tow, tow the partisan line now and then in order to maintain her affiliation with the Democratic Party, which she can't exactly run away from at this point because she's been affiliated with them for so long, although not being a Democrat anymore would probably make her more likely to get elected in North Dakota. But I digress. I get that she's got to do some of this because she's getting booed at, you know, earlier this year she got booed at a, at a Democratic statewide reorganization meeting for being, uh, you know, too, too right of center. She's been getting flack from former party chair, uh, a former party chair. I mean, she's been getting heat from the left side of her party for a while now. So she's got to throw him a bone. So she goes to a rally. She stands up there. She calls the Republican plan, health care plan immoral by in the context of the overall political rhetoric of, of 2016, 2017, where we're at, just where we're at today, where politicians are, are doing this. I mean, even up to and including the president of the United States is down in the mud and nasty and the new, you know, the news media is down in the mud and nasty. I mean, this is just sort of where we're at. So saying something immoral, I guess, by by those standards is pretty mild. But. I mean. I don't know. I, I just I, I'm so tired of it. Right. I mean, it's it's so superficial. It's so just talking points, just more bomb throwing and it's unhelpful. Right. I mean, what do you mean when you call something immoral? Right. OK, so Republicans are doing something immoral because they have ideas that don't fit the Democratic ideology. That's immoral. If you don't have a progressive outlook on healthcare policy, now you're immoral. Morality is 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 what defined as Senator Heitkamp's ideology, Senator Heitkamp's partisan agenda. That's morality. I mean, she may as well be saying, uh, you know, that the Catholic outlook on on gay marriage or something is what's moral and nothing. I mean, invoking morality like that, I don't know. It strikes me as kind of gross. I, I just, I, I hate it when politicians do that. I, although I get why Senator Heitkamp's do it. She's a smart politician. 
She's one of the most savvy politicians in our state. She's very, very good at playing the political game. We're still a long ways off from Election Day. so And she needs to do something to shore up her base a little bit because there's a faction of progressives in North Dakota that are upset with her that she's too far to the right. She's too snuggled up with Donald Trump. So she's got to throw him a bone, and so this is what she's doing. She's going to throw him a little red meat, I guess. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where we're supposed to advance. When you're calling the other side immoral, how do you get to compromise, right? I mean, because that's, that's the thing. And, and, and nobody, will, nobody will call Senator Heitkamp on the carpet for this. But she should be called on the carpet for this. Because she'll talk all the time about wanting to be bipartisan, wanting to reach across the aisle, wanting to work with the other side. All sorts of talking points about that. But how do you do that? How do you do that when you're calling the other side immoral? Right? I mean, how do you come back from that? I mean, it's just funny because it's it's the politicians like Heitkamp pay so much lip service to this idea of, of bipartisanship, right? It's, it's almost just sort of a rote thing in their press releases. I, they must have like a macro or something in, in Microsoft Word when they're writing their press releases. They hit like control something, and then the, the stuff about bipartisanship just appears in their press releases, right? Because or, or, or their speeches or their talking points or whatever, because they say it all the time. But yet in the next breath, they'll come out and they'll say like, oh, Republicans want to kill people. Republicans are being immoral because they're they're proposing policies that don't line up with my personal political outlook. I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm a conservative guy, so I have opinions about public policy that people on the left probably aren't going to agree with because my philosophy on public policy is different from theirs. That doesn't make me immoral, nor does their disagreement with me make them immoral. I think generally most people, the only thing that would be immoral is if you want to hurt people. Right? That would be immoral. Like, if you want to go out and specifically craft policy to hurt people, that would be immoral. I would get that. That would be fair. But does anyone think that Republicans are doing that? Or Democrats were doing that with Obamacare, which did, in fact, hurt a lot of people? I don't think Democrats intended it to. I just think it was bad policy. I just don't understand why we're constantly on this kick where the other side can't just be wrong. They can't just have the wrong ideas. No, we've got to demonize them. I, you know, Heidi Heitkamp can't stand up in front of a crowd of, of left-wing progressives and just say, you know what, I think the Republicans have it wrong on health care. I think they're wrong on this. I think they're wrong on that. I think they're wrong on that. They have the wrong ideas. This is the wrong policy. It's not going to work for these reasons. And just make that case. What's wrong with that? Wouldn't that be refreshing if just one time we could hear a politician say, you know what, I think the other side's wrong. They're good people. They're not bad people. I just think they're wrong. Wouldn't that be refreshing? I mean, wouldn't that be different if we could just get that every once in a while? The people on the other side are try- are doing their best. They just have the wrong ideas right now. And I'd like to work with them to help them get to the right ideas. No, we got to say they're immoral. They're trying to kill people. Un- I don't know. It just floors me. It floors me. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Tracy Bowe, state representative, Democrat, joins me next. 
This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. We're going to talk about this Governor Mansion issue. What's going on with that? We'll get an update. Stay tuned. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Associated Press reports today, Bergam asks friend to help fundraise for Mansion. I quote from the article, North Dakota's multimillionaire Republican Governor Doug Bergam has tapped a personal friend and professional fundraiser from Chicago to help get donations for the state's new governor's mansion, even though a committee says it needs no help. But while Bergam might be instrumental in helping the project reach its financial goal, some worry his involvement also creates the potential for donors who might think they'll get something in return. Bergam's spokesman Mike Nowatsky said the governor asked Pam Kinsey of PKL Consulting to volunteer to help raise the money, fearing private donations necessary to finish the project may not be met. The governor essentially is trying to save taxpayers from footing the bill for the balance, Nowatsky said. Later in the article, uh, Representative Tracy Bowe, a Democrat from Milo, said was among the most outspoken critics of using private donations to build the home. He said it takes dollars from other charities and, quote, gives the illusion the governor's mansion is for sale. I have Representative Bowe with me on the line. Mr. Bowe, how are you? Doing well. Tell us what's going on here. Well, I, I don't know anything new um, other than all of my quotes were from the past when we were uh, deciding the issue. Um, I wasn't really in favor of building a governor's mansion, but, you know, I, I lost that fight. And uh, and when we decided that they were going to get uh, donations, I, I also thought that wasn't a good idea. Um, I, I also didn't think that if we were going to build the governor's mansion that we should have built it on uh, the Capitol grounds. We should have uh, built it someplace else so that later on we'd have a, a saleable asset versus an heirloom, or some might argue worse than an heirloom, because we'd have to pay to destroy it, like we're going to have to, the one we're going to vacate in the near future. Was the old mansion good enough, you said? Because I've heard all this stuff that the old one didn't, you know, it, it didn't, it had some issues with handicap accessibility or, or Disabilities Act issues. It had a leaking roof it had mold problems i heard a lot of things about that old residence was it was it not up to snuff well i, I you know i didn't live in it so i don't know how bad it was from day to day you know the only only time i had access to it is if we went to a reception for the governor and it, it looked all right to me um granted it's just like a lot of our homes uh, they're dated and they maybe need a little a little upkeep but uh I thought structurally it looked fine. So what the governor's doing, he doesn't seem to be expressing a lot of faith in this committee because, again, this this is the quote from the governor's spokesman. He says, I quote, the governor is essentially trying to save the taxpayers from footing the bill for the balance. He he seems to be saying that the, the committee that's been working on this to raise funds for it isn't cutting the mustard. Is that what you're hearing as well? Well, that, that's what I would take away from the article that I read, uh, the same as you did. Uh, 
I, I don't really have anything new to add to that. You know, uh, as I said, I, I didn't think that we should we shouldn't expect the, the donors to pay for the governor's mansion. I mean, we, we should set our budget, and uh, you know, and if we feel that we need a mansion or, or a new dwelling, we should pay for it. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think it's a little funny that, that we're doing this with, with the donations. And, I, I mean, it's a little weird that we're asking people to donate for the governor's residence. I mean, it just seems that if the taxpayers are going to provide the governor with a residence, and I'm not sure why we if we still need to do that or not. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems to me like we might be better off just giving the governor an allowance or something. But whatever. I, it's something that we've done for a long time. But raising the, the funds for it is funny. Let me ask you how this strikes you, because Governor Burgum is essentially asking someone who's a friend, who is a professional fundraiser, and if she's a professional fundraiser, I've got to think that means she makes her living from raising money, which means she gets compensated in some way, gets a commission or something. She gets paid to do this, but he's asking her to volunteer her services to this to this mission. I mean, to me, that strikes me as a little bit Hinky. I mean, it's it's nice that the governor has these personal relationships, and I'm not saying that there's some, you know, quid pro quo relationship. I, I I just seems a little odd that we're asking somebody to to raise a not insignificant amount of money for this project for free when when that person does it for a living. I mean, that that just strikes me as as maybe not not a place where the state government ought to be going. Is that how it strikes you as well? Well. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the state government should be asking for donations for this. I mean, we we should pay our own way. Do you feel but, like I? Did you feel like they? Um, do you feel like because I a lot of the concern that you said is is that you know people are going to feel like if if they help pay for the governor's mansion that they're then owed something. Shine a little light on that for us. I mean, what 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 does that mean? I mean, do, do you think that if if they pay for the governor's mansion, that they're going to in, in turn get something from the governor or from the state, or or have some higher level of access that they didn't have before? I mean, is that that the concern? Well, I I don't know. I uh, serving on on boards through my lifetime. Um, when we set up our yearly budget. You know, we we calculate in how much we want to make for charitable giving. So, if somebody else comes and takes out of the pie, you know somebody's going to have to go without when you're maxing out your budget. And as Al Carlson uh, was referred to saying in the in the article, that um, when the governor asks, who's going to say no? You know, and and that that was that was my feeling on it. Is that when you, when you're going to ask for this money? There are entities that are going to donate, and and some other charitable organization is going to go without because of that donation. To build the governor a, a residence. Right. That our current governor probably doesn't really need. Well, 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 and, and, and when my comments were expressed, um, you know, Governor Bergham was not the governor. But right. it, it really didn't matter who the governor was. I Right. It was it was the it was the policy, not not the governor. Right. No, I and, and I appreciate that. I don't think that this is necessarily about Governor Burgum. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of the opposition in, in past budget cycles came from the governor's office who didn't want to be perceived uh, unfairly as as wanting to just get a new house or somehow getting a pers- getting personal gain out of this. But 
I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a complicated issue, and a lot of people get wrapped around the axle. Hey, if you had, I mean, if 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 it had been up to you, Representative Bo, how to handle this situation from going back to the beginning, how would you have handled this? Would you have just kept the existing structure? I I think, uh, you know, and and I I don't know how to answer that. I I don't have enough information. You know, I I'd heard you know, rumors of of black mold and. You know, but I don't know what the, the estimated cost is going to be for, for rehabilitation of the of the facility. But, you know, at the very least, I, if we, we were going to build a new a new mansion or a new structure, I would not have built it on the capital grounds. I would I would have found a, a place to build it so that later on, in, you know, in 40 or 50 years down in the future, again, when it's time to do something, you would have an asset that you could sell versus having to pay to, to destroy. Right, because you can't, you can't carve up a piece of the, uh, the capital grounds and sell it off to a private person. I mean, well, obviously, I, that's, I, I don't, that's I don't know problematic. That you can't, but I, I don't think, I don't I don't think, think anybody wants to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation, I, I guess. And, you know, I mean, the, the committee is saying they're, they're going to they're gonna raise the money um and i mean there's there's people out there you know giving you know money particularly oil related and energy companies or whatever but i i mean i don't know is it is this going to get done or is this going to become a headache i mean are, are we are we gonna is this just i mean obviously there's there's a little bit of a, a food fight that's erupted between the governor's office and i guess this committee but do you think this is going to get done or is this going to backfire on us oh it's it's it'll get done it's you know the uh, you know, my argument on this is, is uh, you know, a little over two years old, um, you know, and, I, and we've moved on. Uh, they're, they're building the mansion. Um, uh, you know, I imagine they'll be done soon. And, and uh, I think that the, the raising of those funds, if they if they put their efforts in earnest, I think they'll, I think they'll get the money. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that they needed any outside help to do it. I think it would have happened anyway. All right. Well, I represent both. Thank you so much for your time. Certainly appreciate it. All right. Yep. Thank you. We'll keep our eyes on this issue. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Last segment, Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. I'm going to be a curmudgeon here for a moment. I'm ready for it. Curmudgeon so, away. So I was looking uh, I was looking for maybe a movie to go to this weekend, right? Thinking maybe, uh, maybe that's how I'll spend a little time out of the heat. Are you going to go see Spider-Man? Well, that's the thing I was going to complain about. Why is it, is there ever not like a Spider-Man or a Batman or a Transformers movie in the theaters? And by the way, there's 
Spider-Man and Transformers in the theaters right now. Yeah, but Transformers has been in the theaters for a few weeks now, and it's bombed. It? Uh, this is, is Spider-Man's it? first week. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I do we not make movies about original things anymore? I mean, do we, are we are we ever going to find like original characters to to make movies about anymore? Or is it all just going to be this now forever? I don't know. I guess. Well. I mean, maybe there's people enjoying this, and I, I love it. <laughs> I, I will. I will admit, I've, I've never been really a comic book guy, so well, you see, know, there's maybe that's... your problem, Rob. And it's just dominated. Like that's all it is anymore. It's Wonder Woman. It's you know, Spider Man. It's Batman. It's the Avengers. It's you know, give me a break. Give me something else to watch. No, do not give us a break. I want it all, all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting tired of it. I'd like, I'd like, uh, I'd like something else to watch, please. So I, I, and you know, I, I don't know. You wonder how much longer, like the, the movie I, and listen, I, I love going to the movies. I like the experience. I like going, I like going to the theater. I like buying the popcorn. I like sitting there. I like the previews. I like the, I, I, I like it. I've always liked that experience. I think I got it from my dad. He and I used to go to the movies a lot. Um, and so. I like the experience, but more and more, it's just getting hard. I mean, it's expensive. A lot of times the theaters aren't, you know, you're like stuck to the floor and the snacks are expensive and the movies aren't that great. You know, I, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I went to a movie theater, to, to a movie in the theater. Jurassic Park, I think, was the last time I walked out of a movie theater. and It was just like, wow, that was really good. No, maybe it was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think it was Lord of the Rings. I don't know. When you say Jurassic Park, do you mean like the original Jurassic <laughs> yeah, Park? Yeah, sh- shut up. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. That was pretty old. That's, I'm old. Well, I'm telling you. It just tells me that you have had a very sad life since then. If there has not been a movie <laughs> since then that you've really, truly enjoyed. Oh, I mean, I, when I, I watched I, Wonder Woman, I was just in awe. I have not seen Wonder Woman. Is it a pretty good movie? It's amazing. And and for a lot of, for a lot more reasons than just you know it's it's Wonder Woman. I mean the it's fact the of the matter thing. is that it's the highest grossing film by a female director of all time. It yeah. is the first full length feature film for a female superhero ever. That's it's cool. doing astonishingly well. They stuck to the source material very well. They modernized it very well. It's a great time piece. It's it's just in general a very good movie. So go yeah. watch Wonder Woman. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, that's still in the theaters. Maybe I'll go give that a shot. Aha! Then report back on Monday. There will be a test. Report back on Mondays. There'll be a test. Oh, my. The thing I always feel lost about is there's all these, like, um, Easter eggs and stuff referring to, like, other comic book heroes or whatever. And I'm just completely lost in this. And, and, you know, my my daughter, Layla, has gotten into comic books a little bit, right? Like, I was trying to, you know, because I'm, like, I am, I like sci-fi stuff and books. I'm into that kind of thing. But comic books specifically whatever my thing and my daughter got interested in them so we went to like a comic book store where they were by the way were, were wonderful and helpful and helped her find some books to you know to that, that were age appropriate that were good and it was a really good experience and she's into this stuff and you know it's just hard for me like because like I, I i tried to get into them a little bit but i feel like at this point these stories have been going on for so long i don't know where to start and i just i feel completely lost and there's so many movies and i just don't have time for it all well, and I really, I really just want to go and see one movie that's just a good story, and I come out and I feel, you know what, that was worth my time. Okay, so that's, go watch. That's all I want. Go watch Wonder Woman, and right. then if you're not already aware of it, start looking into Valerian. 
What is that? Valerian is a new sci-fi movie coming out. I had to ask Kyle what the name of it was because I couldn't remember. Um, but it's done by the same guy who did Lucy and who did The Fifth Element. Oh, that would be good. It's ve- it looks very, very good. I'm very excited for that one. So That looks interesting. So there you go. There's there's All two right. recommendations for you. Maybe Maybe we can get you with a good experience sometime in the last decade. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. When did the Lord of the Rings movie come out? Was that a decade ago now? It probably was. <laughs> I, think, I think at least oh. that. Like the original Lord of the Rings ones, yeah, because The Hobbit started coming out. I'm so old. I'm. And by the way, The Hobbit makes me angry, what they did. That was that was horrible. It really only needed to be one, maybe two It needed movies. to be one movie. It could have. One movie. They could have put it into have two. Have you seen the size of the book compared to the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yes, yes, I have. And I think that they did the Lord of the Rings a disservice by only giving each film one, or each book one film. I think yeah, that, was, that was a disservice to those books. Uh, similarly to how I felt about the fourth Harry Potter movie, which didn't do the book justice uh, because the book was too big. And, you know, they figured that out by book seven, but whatever. All right. Well, that's it for today. Jay Thomas show coming up next. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.